what about uh, what about standing up in front of a, a bookstore crowd and, and reading? Is that are, are you are you in the moment then too? Yeah, it's very different. It's it's not it's not the same. You know, pr- performing as musicians is very different. It's it's not they don't really compare. I mean, one is yeah. one is reading and it's performative, but it's not uh, it's not like you know, musical performance is catharsis. And what I, mm. I, I was just saying this uh, to the last guy that you know. Our shows are about releasing tension, and a reading is more about building tension, mm. right? And so it's 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 a very different thing. Yeah. Well, your book especially is here. Mm. You know, there's there's some stuff that you don't quite work out until the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are, are you? So I mean, was did that come natural to you? I like I I I have I don't know what it is. You know, I can stand in front of. I mean, I I can read well enough. I'm I'm a decent reader, and I can stand in front of people and. And, and talk and, and ask questions, but uh, something I, I trip myself up a lot when I attempt to read in front of a crowd of people. Oh no, it comes naturally to me. I mean, I've been on stages for a long time, yeah. so uh, so it's sort of it's just something. And I've always liked to read. I used to uh, out loud when uh, in the fifth grade, uh, our teacher Debbie Vansell believed in reading to us. Still, mm-hmm. which is late. Usually, I think teachers have stopped reading to the class, but yeah. she would read for an hour every day. I think it was. It was just a lot of reading to do. Um, but we would uh, we went through the whole of. Uh, the Hobbit and the Fellowship of the Ring that way, I think. And uh, and sometimes she would have somebody else read it, and it was me quite often. Uh, I was, you know, people would say, John's good at that, let, let John read. So yeah. it's, it's something I like to do. What, so. what uh, I mean, the, you know, the kid who re- stands up and reads in front of class is generally not the um, star quarterback, right? I get, yeah, well, no, I wasn't an athletic kid, no. Yeah. Was was that, um, I mean, were, were you like the first to, first to raise, raise your hand and when, when questions were asked? Uh, depends on the subject. <laughs> yeah. If if I knew the answer, sure, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, you know, I was I was, I was uh, reading reading an interview on the way here, and you know, you you were um you you were you were a bookish kid, right? Yeah, well, yeah. You, you spent you, you kind of spent a lot of a lot of your formative years. Um, I, I think you had said that you know, kind of like on the bleachers or or yeah, us, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely, yeah. No, well, books. those in seventh and eighth grade, there was a big you know. You could be a little nerdy and outsider in, in grade school, and it was still okay. But yeah. but seventh eighth grade is when people start being really uncool to you about yeah. being outside. So yeah, so I would go and hang out on the bleachers to be away from all the other people and, and read books with my friend Teresa. When did when did reading turn into writing for you? Um, I mean, it's pretty simultaneous. I started writing when I was like six. Really? Uh, I was, oh yeah, I wanted to be a writer. This is. Uh, I want to. I want to. I want to know what you were writing about when you were six. I, I had there was I had a story called the Magic Bugle. I think was the first short okay. story I wrote that my. Uh, my father, uh, in, a, in an act of great fatherhood, um, liked the first sentence so well and considered it so well written that he would teach it to his freshman comp classes at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. As them. a six-year-old, you wrote this? I, I was I, I, six or seven. It was when I got the typewriter for my birthday. I wanted a typewriter, and I asked for one, and I got an old, very you know, ten-dollar giant, heavy, heavy royal, yeah. right? An incredible typewriter, and uh, and and I sat down. And I typed a, a title, The Magic Bugle. I liked this title. And it's like, I mean, that's a good title. Right? And yeah. then the first line was, Once a bugle stood in the store of a, in the window of a store that sold brass goods. Right? Uh, that's it. Right? That's a good... It's a pretty good sentence. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, uh, the story sort of goes off the rails pretty quickly. So you, sure. you can totally tell that, that I didn't have a plan, you know. And, yeah. uh, and, but my, you know... My father was really over the moon about that sentence, about how his, his, his six-year-old had written a sentence that, you know, that his students might have struggled with writing. So, so, uh, so, so yeah, it, it inspired me a lot. But I, just, I, I wanted to be a writer from the time I started reading books, you know, and so I started writing as soon as I could. 
was that i mean you were you were seven i imagine you know nobody really struggles ever that much when they're seven but did you did a lot of thought go into that that genius sentence that you wrote no no i mean i remember that one just spilled right out you know yeah. it's like you know I, it, for all i know those are because all writing is like this for yeah. all i know they're bits and pieces of sentences that i had read that morning mm. now lost to history or something mm-hmm. like that you know but but no i mean i, I sat down and i i, I, I typed the yeah. title and then i typed the first sentence so I mean, there's there's a one life, letter at a time. <laughs> there's a life lesson there. There's a lesson about creativity there, about um, you know the, the the mouths of babes. I well, guess. that's how I work still, though. Is you start yeah. start talking before you know what you want to say. I mean, I know it's not mm. you know. There's as many ways to write as there are people, right? And so yeah. there's no. That's why I don't have any intention of doing any sort of seminar type stuff about songwriting. It's like, well, the way you write songs is what, however you would yeah. write one that works for you, you know. But. Uh, but yeah, but for me, I always start writing before I know what I'm going to say or where the story is going, because uh, that's what's interesting to me. I, yeah, I mean that's that's tough. I think I think that's the the biggest problem most people have with writing. These are the things that you know people go to classes for and read books about. Is um, you know what, what is it like the tyranny of the, the blank page of the you know the ability I mean, and the, the problem is the ability to write anything. Yeah, I guess I'm not scared by blank pages. I'm not. It's like I, the blank pages are exciting fields for me. It's like you write whatever you want. Yeah. Like just go go right in. That's what it's there for. So, I mean, but, but I think there's a lot of received knowledge on that sort of stuff that people have heard about so much that they let it get to them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I'm not saying it's, it's non-existent, but but I think you know, if people would talk more about the you know the invitation of the blank page. Because it yeah. is, it's just a, it is an invitation, and yeah. uh, but I think a lot of people they know about writer's block before they know about other things, you know, but about other important writing processes like inspiration, you know, yeah. to, and so, so yeah. I mean, I have always just thought, just, just because it's work, because it's not magic, you sit down, and you start working. If it's work you enjoy, you'll do something good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I, 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 there's uh, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think that's what ultimately kills me. You know, is um, I've I've been I've been done a lot of. Creative. I I went to a school as a creative writing major. I haven't done a lot of creative writing post college. Part of that is because I've had all these jobs where I've done non creative writing, right? Which 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 kills it a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I do assume that you know if I I wasn't a critic, if I didn't read, if I didn't know what I thought was good or what the standards were, that it would just generally be easier for me to sit down and let the words come out. I'm, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm constantly, you know, I, I will, I'll write a page of something and then, then just let it sort of disappear into the ether. That's fine too. That's just, it's, it's, it's just work. You know, it's like it's, it's putting in work. You know, yeah. and it's like I don't think it, it. You did do something with it. Yeah. Because it's there. You can see that you did. Right? So. I, I, I guess. I mean, you know, I guess you know, they, you know, but you're you're somebody who's constantly putting stuff out in the world. I mean, yeah, you're, yeah. you've been putting stuff out in the world for longer than you've had a record deal. Certainly, you yeah. Know, you're putting tapes and. Well, I mean, all those were on labels. I didn't self release. Okay. Any of them, so, yeah. But but you but you know you like and and it was a very sort of direct to market approach that you had in, in the pre internet era. You yeah, know, yeah. You were like literally recording on you know little little cassette recorders and yep. putting them out there. So um, feedback is important or, or, or at least having something out in, in the world for people to appreciate is important. I guess I just like making things. Yeah. I, I do like putting them out there in the, yeah. in, in, the, in the event that they're useful or amusing to somebody. You know? Yeah, because, you, you know, you could have easily been a Henry Darger character, right? I guess. I, I don't know. No, I like to make things that get out there. I, don't, I, mean, yeah. I also like 
I I have this romantic attachment to to the idea of making things that disappear, you know, that then are not seen by anyone. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, no, I don't. I, I, I'm the things I make are for people. They're not. Yeah. They're not just me doing for myself. But it doesn't have to be for a huge group of people. No, no. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was you know that was really for 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 me as a as a fan of your music that was a big part of the appeal early on was who is yeah, yeah. this guy? You know, you weren't quite a, a, a Jandic character, but you were just this, you know, I, weird I dude kind of weird dude. We, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, cassette tapes and, and, and lo-fi recordings. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, was it, you know, I, I guess, I guess I'm assuming Vander slice had a, something to do with that decision to kind of go out and be, I, I don't, I don't, populist might be the wrong word. No, I, I, I recorded the first album, uh, Tallahassee, the first big studio yeah. record before I knew Vanderslice, okay. and that was with Tony Dugan. It was more that, you know, 4AD wanted to make a record, and they probably would have put out a lo-fi record, but I had made All Hell West Texas, which, one, the boombox was in a state of disintegration, <laughs> and two, it really did seem like the terminus of that. I'd say yeah. I didn't... To this day, I, don't, I think if my songwriting had continued to improve and everything, I still don't think I could, that I could make a better boombox record than All Hell West Texas. Yeah. It's just sort of the culmination of that. No time to do something new. And 4AD came along, and uh, and I called Peter, you know, uh, who I toured with a few years ago, and we talked about we should go ahead and go for it. Go go and go to and see how it works. Yeah, you know, and uh, see how the studio works, or see how we work. We'll see how our stuff goes over yeah. in the studio, and uh, and it was good. I mean, I don't think we, we hit a uh, you know total home run with Tallahassee, but we got it. We got a feel for it, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, and then we met Vanderslice on tour yeah. uh, within the year, and and uh, and then went into the studio with him. I, I, I did, you know, I, I brought him up. I, I interviewed him for for the show a while ago, and I I, I mentioned his work with you and he had said, you know, like, I, I think that's something that, that John can come back to. Can you imagine him going back and recording a, you know, a cassette, a, a home recorded album again? Like how crazy that would be. Like yeah. how much everybody would freak out. But it would seem like an affectation, you know, mm-hmm. it'd be, it, this is the, it's the reason why songs that people like drop out of my set when there's an expectation of me to do something when it's like, yeah. you, know, you know, there's that feeling that then it's coming from some, it feels inauthentic, and I, and I want what I do to seem real, you know. And uh, it, it's not like you don't play. I mean, no, I play. You know, I play this year. I play no children and stuff. But um, yeah, but but yeah, when there's when there's this expectation, oh, here's the guy's going to do this funny thing or whatever, then the humor really goes out of it, you know. And so, so yeah, with it, it would it, people ask me all the time about that, but it's like I, I don't. It would seem like an affectation to say, "Here's a boombox record." Yeah. It's like the way to do that. If I want to do a guitar and voice record, would be to go, you know, record electrical or something and just do mm-hmm. do live takes. It'd be the same thing with cleaner sound. That might be interesting, but but uh, but there would be some element of of trying to, you know, of nostalgia in that I'm, you know, I consider nostalgia toxic. I'm so against it. So, is 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 was was a novel? Is that I mean, is that is that you kind of keeping it? Fresh? Is it, yeah, know? yeah, no. It's, it's, I mean, the thing is, it's exciting to do. It's like yeah. when I said, I'm to write the novel, it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, part of the thrill, <laughs> it's true. It's like, you, so you learn as you go. And yeah. part of the thrill, what you're hearing on early Mount Goats Records is, I don't know what I'm doing, yeah. right? So you make mistakes and you do things wrong, and that makes, and and, and that's where you find your voice. Mm. You know, it's like, um, you know, how, how my songs never had bridges for a long time. Yeah. How they, you know, uh, the. They'd go to the, the changes would occur this wrong way because I didn't know the right way. Right? Yeah. So, and that made them distinct. And so, so you're writing a novel is is you know it's very exciting. Like I've said this a few times, but it's like with a song now, I know what I'm doing. I'm mm-hmm. unlikely to surprise myself uh, too much with a song unless I'm writing a 
you know, there's some piano stuff on, on Transcendental Youth and some recent stuff I've been working on where it's like I, I work a little higher than I'm able to and then I find exciting things there. But, but there's, um, I mean, there's always ways to challenge yourself. And certainly in music, there's always ways Sure, to there's always yourself. ways to challenge yourself. But, but in songwriting, um, I mean, there are. But, but it's not, not as much as when you're going into an entire new field and everything's yeah. a challenge. And it's very exciting. You know, it's, yeah. like, it's climbing a new mountain. So. What, what are those? So, so you mentioned the, the, the bridge mistake with, not mistake, but I guess the bridge omission with regards to, to your music. What, what 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 were the big mistakes on on the way to writing this book? Well, I did. I, I the, the first draft was a whole bunch of different narrators, and it didn't mm. really have any plot movement. It was at like all. a Faulkner book almost. Yeah, I mean, there's more than Faulkner. Think you know, there's four narrators in the Sound of the Fury. <laughs> there's more and, than Faulkner. Yeah, and it was like nine, uh, and I didn't know where it was going to stop. I had yeah. no plan, so I was like, maybe I will have. Every chapter will be narrated by a different person, but then I didn't know exactly what story I was trying to tell either. Mm. And it was going forwards, it wasn't going backwards, and it was all post-accident stuff where he was going. It was going forward, it wasn't going backwards? Yeah, you, yeah. How do you mean? It, well, the book goes backwards, oh, okay. right? Yeah. Uh, but the, in this one, the first chapter uh, was the one that's now last, mm-hmm. right? And that was the one narrated by Sean. And then yeah. afterwards came one narrated by his father, and then one narrated by uh, the zine editor, Marco, who actually ceases to exist as a real person and becomes a dream figure, mm-hmm. right? And there was one narrated by his pastor uh, and and all these things, right? Yeah. So uh, it wasn't working. It was diffuse, right? But... Lots of those scenes survive because they just put them in Sean's mouth instead of in mm-hmm. these other areas' mouth, and and they were, it was a great mistake spending all that time doing mm-hmm. that because I got all this stuff out of it that I don't think I would have come to trying to tell the story just through the one guy. It's like so when so the scene the scene that opens the book that was originally narrated by his father describing carrying his son down mm-hmm. the hall, and so I saw it from that point of view and then put it in uh, Sean's mouth and I think the pathos of it comes out. But it's also a little submerged because the person feeling yeah. sorriest about it isn't there to express his feeling, but it's been sort of sublimated. So, so those sorts of you know mistakes or, or, or dry runs, you know, that where you find cool stuff. Were, was you know was was nine narrators? Was that an example of again this idea of being of making something overly complicated? No, I mean, I just it was just I wasn't focusing on what. You know, I just, I didn't have, it wasn't, I mean, nine, I think, is how many I w- wound up with, but it wasn't, I didn't have a list of who's going to do it. Every time yeah. I sit down, it's, well, who, what else? I think I wound up with, I wound up with seven or eight or nine before one day I went, throw all this away, right, and uh, and take the information from it and present it another way. But uh, I can't, how do you do, I can't, you know, I can't, this for certainly not, I've never, I, 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 th- I throw stuff away all the time, but it, it, usually it's just because they don't get that far into something, but to... How, how many pages did you? It was a lot. I don't remember. I didn't, uh, it was a lot. <laughs> and, and you're not precious about that at all? No. <laughs> no, I, I love throwing stuff away. <laughs> it's, it, it's great. It's because like, it's all work. It's not, you know, it goes into making the thing and it yeah. makes the thing better. It's, you know, I mean, I'm used to it. I work, you know, in recording studios, you throw away good stuff all the time right? yeah. because you don't think it quite fits. And so uh, cut parts that were perfectly well played and everything because they don't mm. serve the song, right? And this, this stuff wasn't serving the book that I wanted to make, you know, that, that was still in raw clay form. So it was, you know, I was happy to have done it. It was, you know, nothing feels like a waste of time when you're doing creative work to me. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know, there, there, there's, a, there's a big difference between, um, one of the many differences between, you know, doing an, an album and, and, a, and a book is, you know, at least, you know, if you, you throw a song away, at least you know you're working towards something. It's, you know, how do you know, and certainly with your first book, how did you know what you were working toward? 
I mean, I didn't. I, I, yeah. I was just doing the work. It's like I really, I, I, I believe strongly in work as its own reward. You know, I'd like I'm not. If I don't finish something, mm. that's fine with me. Uh, I, you know, I, just doing the work, and when it goes a good place, then it's fun and cool. Right? Yeah. It's like but that's. Uh, but I try not to. I don't think you know. I, there's a saying in Alcoholics Anonymous: "You stay out of the results." Right? It's mm. like you know, I'm not. I'm not looking for the result. I'm looking for the process. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So. Just the, the 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 enjoyment of of writing the book versus yeah, the, the pleasure of asking yeah. questions and finding out where they go or coming up with ideas that seem cool to me and then painting the scene, you know. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, there there's there there's a whole different reward in in having a printed book. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. No, no, it's amazing. It's incredible. Uh, but but that but that's not really this is true with records too. But that's not really connected to the writing part. I'm not thinking about what the book's going to look like when I'm writing or who's going to do the design or. Yeah. Or how whether people will like it that much, you know. It's like I'm just thinking, I'm just doing work, you know. And, yeah. and then when it gets in a finished form, then you start thinking about all that stuff, and then it's totally its own cool enterprise. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I stay pretty. I'm focused in micro on on, yeah. on stuff. When I'm doing the work, I'm completely caught up in it. I have no thought of of what it's going to be out in the world or anything. It's its own field. And and you seem to be somebody who's also okay with the solitude. I mean, you know, and you were. For a long while, you were kind of doing a lot of the, the music on your own, anyway. So yeah. the idea of going into a room and and not not really having anybody to bounce something off of for months on end isn't the end of the world for you. No, but I mean the thing is, I I, I read everything I write out loud, so mm-hmm. I, I am bouncing off myself. Plus, you know, uh, well, I guess that kind of counts. But it does. It really yeah. is like it's I'm hearing it, you know, and, yeah. and, and so and, and feeling as you read, you know, knowing where it's going. Plus. My son, who's a baby, uh, he's no longer a baby, he's three, but you know, mm-hmm. he heard a lot of it because he's, mm-hmm. he's with me working a lot of the time. He might be playing the piano and, I'll, you know, and the way you talk to kids is you just treat them, you know, you yeah. talk say, hey, man, check this out. See if you like it. <laughs> he doesn't know what I'm talking about, but he sure. enjoyed it. So, uh, you know, so, so yeah, you bounce it off family and friends yeah. a, little, a little bit. Well, that's interesting. You know, the, you know, obviously, like letting your wife read a draft versus reading something out loud to a three-year-old is yeah, yeah, yeah. is very different but what is that is that just is that cadence is that is that language cadence, what are you what are you getting out of reading it to the a cadence because it's uh, hearing hearing how it works in the air yeah because you know, that's important to me i want it to work out loud so wait you know how how at what point was it clear that 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 first draft um, that you know, that, that I guess that last chapter what wasn't working. When was it clear that yet? It just wasn't going anywhere. And I sort of it felt false at some point. It was this scene where I had him in front of a congregation. He'd been called in by a, a, the the pastor to maybe you know speak as a cautionary tale mm-hmm. to the crowd, and he went off script. You know, and uh, and it was kind of a wild scene. You know, I didn't want any wild scenes. <laughs> it's like. You know, it seemed it seemed flashy and garish, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, but I thought, you know, I don't. I was looking at the scene. I went, you know, this didn't happen. Yeah. You know, I said to myself, and so then I asked myself, well, what did happen? Mm. And then things started to open up. You know, when I started, when I, and it's one thing I learned about writing. Writing this is is how to ask questions. You know, how to ask real simple questions. I, I get caught, yeah, I, I get caught up in these um, almost like Sinclair Lewis moments. You know, like of of making these. It's easy to have these sort of like cartoonish scenarios. Yeah, yeah. Which I know there's nothing wrong with those. It depends yeah. on what you're writing. But you know, for me, it's like I wanted this book to feel like it took place in the actual world. You know. Yeah. And so you know, so that it, so it contrasts with that interior world where so much of it lives. You know. But you knew, you knew you had something. 
you know, in that you, you at least kept to some, some thread that existed before that, that, that you wanted to go back and, and try it again. Well, I mean, the character's life bits about him had now been fleshed out. Yeah. Right? It's like now I had, I had this, I had this, you know, it brought the character. I mean, I would recommend this process to people if they're, you know, it's like you write from all these different points of view and then you get different angles on your character and you yeah. know, you know him better. And then you come back and now, you know, and now you've given him a gift that you couldn't really have in the real world that he knows how all these people feel about him, you know, mm-hmm. and what and what they've seen. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and then he can describe what he sees on their faces when they're observing him. And in there is buried some of this experience of having having done that. Um, so, but yeah, it's like at at some point I looked at it and it was diffuse. It wasn't it wasn't telling a story. It was just it mm-hmm. seemed like it was endless and I didn't know where it was going to go. Um, and that's when I started. Like I say, then I said, well, where 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 is this going? What's he doing? It was just sort of people reacting to each other. Yeah, and there were all these scenes, but there was no, they didn't have any forward movement. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I may have actually said that phrase when I got, when I got the idea to tell the story backwards. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Did you, do you outline at all? Um, a little. You would have had to with I did, the backward thing a little bit, right? I did an outline. Well, I did a funny outline for this where I outlined all the titles of the chapters, which are now gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was no description underneath them. And then I think as I wrote them, I would start to give a little one-line description of what you I wrote. You wrote song titles. What's that? You wrote song titles. No, no, they were all one word. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, the first one that's now called, the last one was called Shot. And, uh, and, and they all had these one-word titles and sometimes a one-line description of what was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. It was a very, very loose and open. A man goes to the store. You yeah. Know? It's so... <laughs> Uh, and explore within there. Uh, oh, interesting. So I did that at one point. Yeah, and then I mean, by the end, of course, I had to do a lot of heavy outlining. Like, okay, you know, to outline what was already done to see what was going and what was missing. You know, so a man, a man goes to the store. I mean, that's literally you just kind of setting up a scenario and figuring yeah. out how that works within a larger story. It, it's improv. It's it's the, huh. so you say a man goes to the store. Well, what happens when? Well, he sees candy on the shelves. Um, what kind of get? What's he look like? Well, he's disfigured. So. What's it like being in the store? Well, his face feels cold. And you, you ask all these questions yeah. and answer them, right? And you, you do them in the first person. You know, you, you, you try and put yourself in, in another person's shoes and say, well, you know, why, wh- when will I go to the store if people treat me funny when I go out? I guess I'll go early in the morning. Yeah. Know, that, so I mean, that sounds more, um, that almost, again, that almost sounds more like an exercise than, than, than an outline, right? I mean, I don't know the difference. I don't, it's like, yeah. Well, I guess I mean outline from, from the standpoint of like, um, you know that very basic, and and I think some writers certainly do this with 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 fiction. Um, is you know here's point A and here's point B and here's literally all the different things that happen in the story. To oh get yeah, but there. I don't want to know what point B is. It's, I won't be interested if I already know where I'm trying to go. Yeah, you know, it's like I have to I have to I have to not know. I mean, you, writing is exploration for you, me. You did know point B a little bit though if you started. Yes, with I had the end. that once I put that last chapter. Then I did have a point B yeah. to work to. Um, and so so yeah, at that, that point I started trying to draw lines, but but I didn't. When that scene was written, it was this bizarre yeah. thing. Who, who knows where. It, where and when it is you know. yeah I mean and, and there there's a difference between again having a point A and, and a point B and having a well defined path along yeah, along yeah. those lines but I kind of have a fear of over outlining that then then, yeah. you, then people will see because when I'm reading a book and you sort of get the sense that like well you knew what you were going to do so you had to do this in order to fill that in I don't like to see that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Were, were you was you know in terms of I mean obviously like this is I clearly something that you'd been wanting to do for a while. I mean, you know, just write a novel. It's, it's something, you know, you've been a writer your whole life. It's, it's something you've been interested in. When you kind of set out to to do this, was it more of, oh, I have 
the perfect thing I want to write about or, oh, this is just really what I want to do at this point in my life? No, I just wrote the last chapter one morning because I was not doing anything else. It was <laughs> like I was, I, I didn't have any deadlines yeah. to meet and I, you know, sat down and I had this idea for a scene, you mm-hmm. know, uh, I didn't even know how it was going to end. It was the scene up at the parking lot where they're sitting around listening to music and smoking yeah. cigarettes and... And I wrote that scene, and I liked the feel. You notice the the milieu felt nice to me. The Californian, mm-hmm. you know, puffy jacket kids in December, yeah. and uh, and I wrote the scene. And at the end of it, the thing happened. And then I, you know, said, well, that would be a short story and not a very good one. Yeah, you know, uh, it just ends like that. So I asked, what what happens next? You know, uh, and that's when I, you know, I saved. I started writing these other narrators, uh, but I wasn't not writing a novel. I didn't say, oh, I've started a novel. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't do that I don't say I've started writing an album you know like I try and hide that information for myself it's like I just do work and then at some point you go well this looks like a longer piece yeah <laughs> yeah well I mean because you know you, you you laid out some elements to me that could have been a mountain goat song at some mm. point you know kids smoking in high school and, and yeah, puppy yeah. jackets and um, but, but you did you, you sat down and wrote prose yeah and is I mean is is the process ever sitting down and writing prose and prose become song or vice versa? No, no, no. I mean, writing a song, there's a, a way I go about it and it always involves picking an instrument first. Mm. So it's like, and, it, and also people have been asking for a long time, oh, you turn these songs into bigger things and it just feels like a betrayal of the song. It's like, the song is the song. I don't want to make it a, a musical. I don't want to, you know, it's like the song, because it really is sort of, it slights a song to say that it should be bigger, you okay. know, because a song is big enough by itself, yeah. and and uh, and it's like any other work; it's an entire universe, you know. And so, so, uh, so yeah. So no, it, there's no. I don't. I don't bleed through. I did. There. There's a story that I've been working on that I suspect is nothing is going to uh, come of it. That like it's in the form of poems now. A lot of poems, uh, but I suspect that if I end up telling the story, it'll it'll become prose. Hmm. I, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's I guess it's a slight in in a sense. I mean, I, you know, in a sense, you're saying that it's not maybe necessarily a self-contained work, but there, there's something to be said for people really um, appreciating these characters enough to want want to hear more from them. No, but there's no. It, I guess it's because, like, you know, like like Tallahassee, right? Tallahassee is sort of an example of songs that form. A larger picture, of but characters. they're their own creature. It's sort yeah. of like to to expand them and project them onto others. People do this all the time, yeah. you know. And uh, but but I I think it's sort of uh, it detracts for me. It's like I want the thing to be itself. I, yeah. want, I want it to have the freedom to to tell the whole story by itself rather than to become a part of something. You know? Yeah, yeah, well, um, yeah. It's it's interesting. I mean, I guess it's sort of it depends on on how you look at it. I mean, you know, certainly you're you're not. Somebody who's been averse to creating song cycles, right? Or, yeah, yeah, you know, and you know, there's. The- oh yeah, but I mean, then, but that's in the in the space of an album or, or something like that. But but yeah, I, I wouldn't want to bleed across. I just wouldn't want to. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess I'm thinking of like the, the going to series, but i you know, those were just those were just related by kind of title. yeah, just just by a basic theme of wanting to to flee. Yeah. <laughs> Was sitting down and writing the the Sabbath Sabbath book was that a, a bit of an impetus to go sit down and, and sure yeah no I say I started this right after I finished that because I had so enjoyed writing it you yeah know, it was like a really it was a real pleasure so I wanted to keep writing yeah was that how was that it was that a, a more difficult process again given the fact that like you had I don't want to say structure but you had a you know like at least kind of a clear 
mission that was given to you. Yeah, no, you had a, th- a theme. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, but, exactly. but the actual plotting of the book, I mean, when the when the uh, when the half break happens in the middle of that book, that came as a total surprise to me the day mm-hmm. it happened. I was writing and the scene sort of got away from itself and yeah. boom, they sent him off to the state hospital. And I was like, oh, huh. Well, what am I going to do now? You know, it's like, it really was a big surprise to me. Yeah. Uh, it was very emotional writing that book. A different experience uh, entirely. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, writing that, I, when I finished it, turned it in. And I missed writing, you know, I felt like I had my prose chops up at that point. Yeah. You know, I'd like been writing every day and revising and, and I wanted to keep going, you know. So yeah. It's always nice to be getting better at something. Once, once, you, once you really had the, this, the structure figured out, once you had kind of gone through those, those early drafts, was, was writing easier at that point? Um, sort of, but then also harder because then now you have, now you have stuff you sort of need to do, right? Before that, mm-hmm. just this free play field, you know. But yeah. you're, you're, you need actually, for me, I need to keep focusing on like you're always free to do whatever with it. You don't have to do anything, right? Uh, you're not obligated you know, you're not obligated by anything. You could, you know, uh, to read Blake Butler, it's like, you know, well, the character could become weightless and find himself in space if you want. You can do anything yeah. you like, you know. Uh, and that's what literature is. It's a, it's a place of absolute infinite freedom, right? And so uh, and if you choose to have it be linear and stuff, that's, you know, that's the choice you made within yeah. the freedom to do whatever you like. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, once I knew where it was going, then, then the questions that you ask are more specific. Yeah. You know, what happened to Kimmy? You know, yeah. things like that you know then and then you answer these specific questions and it's a little easier at that point then you go well she's probably about 41 now and stuff like that you know so, so, so you feel you know once you've once you've sort of set um an outline for yourself in a way you almost i don't want to say owe it to the reader that seems like such a, a strange thing to say but um I don't know. Maybe you do, in a sense, in that in, in that you've kind of like you've established the laws of this universe, and you're already you know you're bringing somebody along for the ride. So maybe you do owe it to them a little bit to stick to. You that. owe it to the story is what you do. Yeah. Is like you, it's, you have an obligation to the story to if you're going to change its rules, then to you know to to give it something nice. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the obligation to a reader is to provide something entertaining, you know, yeah. or, or diverting. I think. You know, yeah, but, uh, but you know, you also. You, you also want them to to keep yeah I mean to to keep reading the book yeah, yeah. And, and if you and if but you really presumably if the prose is good enough it doesn't really matter hmm. what else you do you know in my, I think for me maybe uh, yeah it depends on the reader a lot of people read very specifically I mean there there are you can go to an airport right now and see you yeah, know, yeah. dozens and dozens of, of books that are yeah but I'm hoping plot. like to go to the airport uh, tomorrow and see my book in the airport oh, so yeah? I'm strongly hoping if it's in the airport I'm if gonna it's freak. one of the good book there, there are there are like good bookstores in airports I am going to freak the fuck out if I see my book in airport because I spent half my life in airports right? <laughs> I see all those books like in any given season of of releases I can go oh yeah Tom Clancy's got a new one I saw it at the airport <laughs> so that's yeah I mean I, you know I would I would, I would be like I, you know, I would want to like sort of like pick it up and be really loud about it. Oh, I've heard this was a really fantastic book. I don't know who this yeah, Darnielle no, fellow was. Say, oh, hey, you must be selling a lot of these. This looks like a pretty, pretty good book here. Yeah. You better, boy, oh, boy. Yeah, you should put it more prominently. Put it ahead of the Ken Follett. He's, and people don't need, they already know about him. <laughs> so, no, uh, but uh, I, I don't know if I get what that, what that jumped off from. So. Was it, was it um, you know, is it, I mean, you, you know, you've obviously you've, been to bookstores. You did a, you did a, a reading, and, and and you've already you know been on a re, uh, uh, a book tour. Is it is it that different? Is it 
the, the the sensation of seeing your book in a bookstore versus seeing your your record in a record store? Well, here's the thing, um, and bookstores have gone through a, a correction too, but nothing like what happened with record stores. You know, it's like yeah. uh, where if you go to a record store now, it is an independent record store, right? Yeah, because there aren't yeah. any chains left, yeah. and uh, and and so you know, I, I because of when I started making music, I had very short experience of you know being able to go into tower and and see your stuff mm. you know it's like what what a band would have experienced in 85 you know yeah. on irs which would be yeah. go to tower licorice pizza or the warehouse or whatever and go whoa we're in the racks yeah right and that didn't really happen uh just mm. because of timing you know because yeah. i started making records in 91 92 right and so by the time my records were going through the distributors who would have put them in tower yeah. tower was in bankruptcy right? yeah. and so uh but uh so yeah with a book i mean yeah, I mean, record stores have changed so much, but the idea of the bookstore has remained so constant over a much longer period mm-hmm. of time that to see your book in a, in a bookstore, that feeling of heavy validation. I just went to the Strand to sign yeah. 100 of them, and I saw them putting them in the store, and I was like, freaking the fuck out. It's totally cool. So that, That's interesting, though, because part of the validation is like it would be seeing it in a Barnes & Noble or seeing it in like a, a big chain. That's that's part of the difference between the record store and the, the bookstore phenomenon? Well, no, no. It's more that a bookstore, like I say, is so constant over time. Like yeah. recorded – I see. Books aren't weird to me. Yeah. Right? To me, a book is just a natural thing. It's yeah. Like how can you imagine a world without a book? Yeah. But recorded music itself is, is, a, is an anomaly. It's a very yeah. strange phenomenon because music for centuries and centuries and centuries – Capturing sound. Yeah. The idea yeah. Of, of listening to something that already happened is bizarre and an idea that people have to be sold on. You know? And then we do get into it. And we love it. It's got its benefits, but it's still very artificial. So are books, but not to me. You know what I mean? It's like to me, a book just seems like I cannot conceive of a reality without a book. And uh, and it is so you know bookstore is where this most miraculous of creations exists. Whereas records are miraculous also, but they're kind of alien. You know, I I, I guess, but you know, I, I I've romanticized record stores every bit as much as me I had too. Bookstores. But they're also it's like they're, they're homier. They're less. You know, I don't know. A book seems more exalted to me. Mm, you know, even yeah. though not, that doesn't mean better. It just yeah, it just means fair. you know it just means a little. A little more stately in some way. You know, a bookstore or a library is. I mean, it's. Well, it's, libraries. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like going to church. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. People can't. People can't yell in there. I mean, and th- this is, I think, part of what stands between people and books. Sometimes is that they feel they have to bring some level of seriousness, which of course you don't have to do anything. Yeah. You enjoy books the way that you enjoy them, right? So, but yeah, with 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 records are funky. You know what I mean? It's like there's 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 an element of play that. That is actually in literature, but there's something about the weight of a book. The, mm. I mean, this is a terrible way to put it, but there's something about the bookness of it. Yeah, that is the just physical. Great. In some cases, the physical weight. Yeah, weight yeah. Of the book. The different. I may, you know, maybe the difference is is your, um, you know, and, and you're probably a, a good example for, of the sort of larger populace in, in this respect. But um, you know, self-publishing versus you know, putting out your own music are, are, are two very different things. I mean, the way you got into music was again, doing these home recordings versus like you're putting out your first book now. And like, we're sitting here in this yes. literal Manhattan no, exactly. publishing yeah, office. Yeah, yeah. Surrounded by masterpieces of literature. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that, I mean that, that has to, you know, if you were, and, and again, this is, this is in no way to, um, to, to insult like zine culture, but if you were going out and you were like, you know, if you were like Aaron Comet Bus and you were going out and self publishing your things and those ended up in bookstores, it would be a very different experience than than the way you went about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And, and maybe that, that adds weight is sort of like having gone Maybe Well, there's, there's that validation. You get this when you in the age of, of bigger labels, too, when somebody calls you. And I'll never forget yeah. you know, uh, Emperor Jones calling. I'd mm. never heard of them, right? Mm-hmm. And he, Craig Stewart wrote and said uh, to, to my email address, which was new at the time. <laughs> it was like it was 1994, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't know how he got my email. And he said, uh, he said hey, uh, my name is Craig. Uh, I run a label called Emperor Jones, which is part of Trans Syndicate. We are distributed by Touch and Go. The reason why I'm writing should be obvious. And I was like, I don't know about that. You know, I really, I'm not quite sure what you mean. He said, oh, we'd like to do a record with you. And like that feeling that somebody wants to, you know, yeah. do the hard work to, to, to bring your stuff out in the world, it's tremendously validating. With, with publishing, yeah, it's like you, you, you look at these books and you go, Shirley Jackson. Yeah. The same people who put out Shirley Jackson yeah. putting out my book. Yeah. Holy crow, you know. Uh, uh, Carlos Fuentes. Yeah, <laughs> if I get out of town with that, like, you know, giants, and uh, uh, and so so yeah, there's a, there's a there's a feeling of real real validation for me that you know that is kind of one should feel one's own work has value. Period, because hmm. right? it does. Because it does. You don't. If no one ever sees it, you know, if if you did honest work, then it's of absolute value right i mean not you know of limitless value uh but it feels great to be published it's like yeah. it's, it's just really cool so. yeah it's it i part of the problem though is it's is it's so hard it's so hard to value weight your own work yeah no that's right it's it's val- validation is something that is really nice although the more of it you get i'm very fortunate to have had a lot of it <laughs> um but the more of it you get the more you realize that like that that the thing being validated isn't the work; it's it's the after effect of the work. You know, hmm. it's like a, an album or a book or anything is sort of the evidence that a process took place, mm-hmm. right? But the actual process, which no one ever sees but the person writing, that's the actual thing, right? And no one can experience it except the person who writes it. It's a whole separate sphere, and it's yeah. where all the action actually is. And books and records and films, I think, are you know, are just the are just the you know, the residue of this process. We, we were talking a little bit about the sort of the, the, the laws that you're, you're adhering to when writing this book. And, and again, that nobody like flies off into space. Right. But um, as soon as I said that, I was like, no, you know, that's something yeah. you could do. You could just, I mean, he has a few moments where he thinks about things like that. Yeah. Where he thinks, you know, what if I just open up my mouth? This guy asked me a question. Yeah. And it's like, and there's, you know. It's funny because you do have these, these, these rules that you don't know that you buy into. And so you start asking about them. How do you mean? Well, like you know, why why can't he fly? Okay, why can't he, yeah. You know, uh, why, why doesn't he walk around on his hands? Yeah, <laughs> things yeah. like that. You know, which he totally could because it's literature, so you can do whatever you like. Yeah, I mean, what, what what I was getting at is is you know, and I know that you are, you know, you mentioned Tolkien before, and and you know, I know that you know you you're a fan of like science fiction, and obviously you've you you you've played your fair share of of, of RPGs in your life. Yeah. yeah. Um, is is that a next step for you? Is 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 this um, sort of like limitless or, or or boundless or you know not adhering to the sort of laws of nature? Is is that a next natural storytelling step for you? I don't think so. Uh, maybe it's hard to. I mean, there's also laws of narrative. Uh, you have your Maria. So he goes on these mm-hmm. these long diversions of thought. Yeah. That don't actually. They take off from somewhere and they go to these beautiful places. Yeah. But they're just a thought somebody had, yeah. you know, and then it wraps up after ten pages, and it was just a, a stray thought. And I think, you know, there's, there's, there are, there's the beauty of, of prose. It's just there are, 
it will never be exhausted. You can write and write yeah. and write and write, and there are as many ways of doing it as you can possibly imagine, and then more. Mm-hmm. And so, so I mean, possibly, I don't know. I don't. I like to tell stories, and I like things that have feeling. You know, I like, I like, I like for there to be a, a feeling. And for me, I need to, that to be taking place within a recognizable universe yeah. to some extent. Uh, but I have a few ideas about about about. Uh, Testing myself and challenging myself. Yeah. I yeah, I mean, I, I've 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 found that as as I've gotten older. I mean, I'm I'm just not in a place where I'm reading a lot of fiction right now. But um, as far as fiction goes, that I've been appreciating more sort of quiet books. I mean, like you know, a, yeah. a lot of like Japanese novels are really good. Yeah, who'd you read? Um, like Woman in the Dunes is a good yeah. example of like or um, I have you read, read Endo? Sh- uh, Writer named E N D O Endo. No, I think Deep River is the name of the book I read. Um, yeah, there's 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 some. And have you ever seen this filmmaker Ozu? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah his yeah. movies were very little happens. And yeah, I think. I mean, I think that's a that's a thing that that for me, you know, learning that I don't need a lot of action from a book. All the except the things like the book I just abandoned last week. It was like. I'm sorry. You have to give me a little more <laughs> than than these thoughts that you're having. You know, I, I, I put it aside. There were 400 pages to go. I was like, no, I don't have. The time can can, can we? Because I know because we just got the wrapping up. But can can we talk about a little bit like what what you just let go of? Are you, are you the the book you just abandoned? Oh, I don't want to name it. It's you don't a wanna, book, book okay. people like, and so. It, oh, you were reading. Okay, I thought we were talking about writing. Oh okay, no, no, when I was reading. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Uh, um. Well, well, so but that does bring up the the next, and I guess it, it, it's a it's a good place to end it. Logical question, but um, you know, part of the appeal of writing a book was that you hadn't written a book before. Yeah. Um, what does that mean for the next time? Well, I haven't written. This is a fairly short book. Yeah. Right? Uh, and I like it. It's the right length for itself. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say, well, I'm going to sit down and write a big book. You know, I don't, that's not what I want to do. But I would like to to flesh it out, and I would like. Um, this book takes place largely inside a person's head, right? yeah. so you really get to see inside of this person, yeah. um, and you know, and you get glimpses at the other at the interior lives of the other people in his life, but not much, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, his vision is really limited. Yeah. But I would yeah. really like to work more with uh, letting various people, letting various voices. With, uh, what is the word polyvalent? I think mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'd like I, I'd like to have a, a a more populous book, a little bit like what you abandoned in the earlier draft. Well, no, but all within the same story. Mm-hmm. I, I want more people to have their say. I want more tension uh, between people of differing ideas. Yeah. You know, whereas Sean really gets to tell this story. He governs what you yeah. what yeah. you're going to think about most yeah. of it. And I would I would like an, a more open space with more people. You know, um, and uh, yeah, and I and I'd like to test you know and see where what, what else can be done with scenes with sort of mm-hmm. uh, with with. Uh, you know, with moments and movement, and and it's hard to, it's hard to describe what I want to do, but but uh, but I have some ideas. Yeah, I mean that's that you know multiple and not even narrators, but mul- multiple characters is something that is really really hard, if in some cases not impossible to do in a two minute pop song without it just wanting you wanting to shut down. Yeah, well, I mean the way the way there's there's tricks for pop songs where yeah. people do where they say you know. Um, uh, Jenny said when she was just five years old, there was nothing going on at all. It was Jenny, I forget. But it's like you just yeah. list the, the characters, you know, yeah. in, in order. Father Mackenzie. Right? <laughs> You're talking about every Lou Reed song, right? Yeah. It's literally well, no, that's how he does yeah. it. He introduces yeah. the character, says what they do. You yeah. know, I was talking to Chuck in his yeah. Angus Constitute and his wizard's hat, right? And 
that's a great song a totally underrated Lou Reed song from the totally underrated first Lou Reed solo album um, yeah so that's a great record people don't people do not love on that record but it's a great record um, yeah so. yeah well I'm, I'm thinking about um, rock and roll dreams will come through, through. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah well that, that's exactly like that it's, and, and Billy Joel I think does, yeah. does stuff like that and so but in you know I like one thing I really liked in this book I found when revising it's like my favorite scenes were the, were the dialogue scenes and I was shocked yeah. right? I don't think of myself as a guy you know hmm. who did dialogue right yeah. but those were the scenes where it really seemed to pop for me i was like oh i believe this dialogue i hear two people you know or three people and uh you know the scenes at the hospital the scene in the parking lot um and those were the ones i was like wow i would like to work some more in dialogue and see have more people talking to each other more and have the the action moving along through the dialogue instead of me telling you what happened and you know that's interesting to me everything so, you've said and I guess we're out of time, but everything you've said sounds like you could be working towards writing a play next. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think I could do a play. I mean, who knows? Who yeah. knows? But it's, it's not in my mind. So, John Renee of the Mountain Goats. Uh, John is somebody that I've been trying to get on the show since the beginning. He was, he's on this short list, a very, very short list of people who I felt like I absolutely needed to get on the show at some point when we were starting Ari Whale. Um, what, like a, a year ago, a year and a half ago, something like that. Uh, so glad it finally worked out. Every single time he's come through town, I've hassled everybody at Merge. Um, you know, his his PR people, his booking people, everybody trying to get him on. Last time he swung through New York City, somebody mentioned to me that he'd be coming back around to remote, promote his, his then, then forthcoming and, and currently out uh, out currently out book currently uh, cur- currently for sale book a book that you could currently get for sale at a at a bookstore it's at finer uh, finer bookstores everywhere uh, maybe at the airport I'm not really sure I haven't been to an airport since the book came out I will be there on Friday I will check to see if it's on sale next to all the the, the Ken Follett books uh, you should pick it up it's really fascinating really fantastic and he's getting um, getting all sorts of accolades I think he's up for some some important uh, some major awards uh, so thanks John so much for taking the time to do that and you know I'm actually, I'm actually really glad that we were able to have that conversation around the release of the book because I, I thought we got some really uh, interesting insight into his process, processes that uh, you know maybe we wouldn't have gotten otherwise and I was able to, uh, to unload a little bit I was able to, 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 to get some feedback to, to get some some motivation for John I know he was saying that that he doesn't really want to, to teach or, or do a course or write a book about writing or anything like that but I think it would be very beneficial uh, I very much admire his ability to just kind of write stuff and, and let it go I feel like I'm uh, very unable to do that um, you know f- finger, fingers crossed that I'll be able to, to throw more things out that I've written and never show them to anybody anywhere so thanks um, thanks John to, uh, thanks to John for, for helping me I guess uh, work through some of that stuff uh, thanks to everybody who finally helped uh, me uh, get get into a room with them to have that conversation thanks uh, thanks to Brian as always for editing this thing together thanks to the Boing Boing Podcast Network for hosting us up there thank you for listening uh, if you've got any questions or anything else it's rayylcast at gmail.com you can follow us on Tumblr rayylcast dot tumblr.com that's the place to get it uh, first it's the first place the show goes up you can also find us on iTunes uh, and while you're over on iTunes why not take the time to to rate the show uh, all sorts of good shows coming up I got a lot of shows in the can right now that I'm really I can't really it's, it's getting hard to wait a full week to put the next one up but uh, we will be back just about this time next week with another episode of R.I.Y.L. R.I.Y.L.